Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Last time on Lakeshore and Limbo. At the center of this sepulchral site sits Amanda Adolphus, chained by the ankle to a pillar. And we go downstairs to where she is. Mm-hmm. Um, can we get this chain off her? I'm going to... I would love to pick this. Oh. Fucker. What is it? What's all of that? No butt is the best. No one. butt? It's all every right. it's every single It's on. every no. <laughs> it's, it's every, every kind of no. no that you could get. Uh, from up on the catwalk staircase, you hear Stop right there. And you see Arlo Adolphus and he's got a gun pointed at you. And now. The sun sets over the second city. Graves yawn and shadows stretch as the night comes awake. And you're on a strange corner of Chicago where mysteries gather. At Lakeshore and Limbo. Stop right there. <gasps> what? Doing what? Why are you holding a gun out? Whoa, man, I thought we were good. I thought we were cool. What, what's going on? What are you doing to that chain? Oh, I was just ad- admiring it. Is it? Back is... slowly away. Okay, all right. You don't he, need to get weird. He starts descending <laughs> the catwalk with the gun. Abe and Vince, where are you? I would imagine that whilst she was attempting the chain, we were, had been talking to Amanda... Mm-hmm. So you guys are all down there. Yeah. So yeah. we're probably all right. So he right advances. There, yeah. yeah. He advances down the staircase. He's covering you with the gun. His wife looks confused. Madame de Rigueur steps outside of the office cubicle and she's behind him. You can see she's actually sparking up the taser in her hands and is smacking it against her palms. I thought we just had a successful transaction here. I don't know what's going on. I, I was just making sure that she was. I mean, what know. are those in your hands? What it? What is what? What are the lockpick-looking things in your hands? Uh, <laughs> these? Yeah, those. <laughs> and now we watch as Tina's silver tongue <laughs> magically dances its way out of this precarious situation. That's not what these are. Oh, what are they? Oh, no, they're just, um, I just, I use them to uh, make sure that her, her wrists don't get too hurt. <laughs> You're of course aware of wrist pins, correct? Ah, yes. Well, you you make sure that there's you know you check it to make sure that there's enough space. He fires the gun off in the air. Ah! <laughs> oh boy! All My heart! Oh! <laughs> Look what you've done! Oh God! Abe <laughs> starts faking a heart attack. Well, perhaps you all better stand oh. over by those graves. Uh, What's going oh, on? God. My heart. Could I get a real quick uh, summary of the terrain specifically? Didn't you say that we're like on dirt, mm-hmm. uh, graves everywhere, there are holes? Mm-hmm. The floor of the gallery has been covered with six feet of dirt. It's held in by uh, wooden bulkheads. It's keeping the dirt all kind of contained so that it doesn't rush out the glass windows and press up against them. Uh, in the dirt on the gallery floor, there are six foot deep graves dug, each with a headstone, and they're all empty, and the dirt is standing next to them. Great. One more question. Yes. What time is it? It is just a little bit after midnight. Mm. 
Excellent. The windows of the gallery are covered with big metal panes, uh, but they're on rollers. How how concerned are Madame de Rigueur and all Aldo? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Arlo, Arlo Adolphus. Uh, Arlo and Madame de Rigueur. How mm-hmm. concerned are they about Abe having heart attack? They don't care. It's almost Great. as if they wouldn't mind if you didn't survive this encounter. Fantastic. Um, Vincent's going to do an instructor, like, very clearly, hands up, as performative as a former actor would be. Uh-huh. Uh, but as he walks backwards, he tries to lock eyes with Sassy mm-hmm. and then lock eyes and, like, look up at the metal shutters that are covering the windows mm-hmm. and look down over at Amanda. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I'm not saying what I'm specifically thinking, do I need to roll that uh, Tina gets it, or are we just going to say... Or we're going to oh. hope that I legitimately get it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, hold on. I think, hold on, hold on, hold on. I should be able to say it out loud. <laughs> I, I kind of like Tina. What do you, I think Tina should act just on that. Fantastic. Uh, okay. Then I'm just going to move forward uh, um, with just that information. So I'm going to, um, I kind of hold out the lockpick things, and I'm like, look, it's not a weapon or anything. I'll just, I'll put it down. And as I'm putting it down, mm-hmm. I'm going to reach for my dagger. Oh, okay. And I'm going to attempt to throw it at the shutters to open them up to the moonlight. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and make a roll for that. I'm going to say it's hard because he's covering you with his gun. Mm-hmm. So that would be a negative die. Do you have anything to your advantage? It, could I, I can, assist mm-hmm. I knowing that use... I had to like put this plan in motion? Well, hold on. What what do you have to your effect? I have cat-like reflexes. I can use three points. Yeah. And that increases my, like, agility and my, my feline movement. Okay. I would also like to assist by saying, like, because this is my plan mm-hmm. of being, like, garnering their attention, like, I'm sorry if you were not satisfied with our service. We do have customer referral cards. You can check. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say, Vince, you can you can provide assistance by distraction uh, Sassy, you can go ahead and use those. So it's minus one for the fact that he's covering you. It's plus one for the distraction. How many do you get by using your cat-like reflexes? Uh, what one more? Okay, cool. I'm just guessing. So we're gonna give you a total of two in your face. I should have said. So wait. So I get to use two. Yes. I okay. I, I, I right. changed my mind. I get two. All right. <laughs> you get two. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't realize I had that kind of power. Yeah. Great. So three altogether. Yeah. Great. God, please work. I'm so bad at rolling. Remember when I got three no's? Yeah, I remember that. That's pretty great. It's why we're here now. (laughs) (laughs) I got a yes. Oh, very cool. Arlo's looking at Vince as he's talking to it. So you just check three if it's like medium service, (laughs) and you check five if you're very satisfied. My heart. heart. (laughs) Abe also gets on the ground and starts writhing around slowly away from the soon-to-be werewolf. (laughs) And as Arlo is looking more and more annoyed and furious and confused, a dagger sails past his head, and it slams into a metal box on the wall, piercing it, and suddenly there's an electrical sparking and a grinding of gears as the shutters began to pull back, revealing the glass, and suddenly beams of light stream in from the moon and land directly on Amanda Adolphus. She starts convulsing wildly, and she has a terrified look, and hair begins sprouting from her palms. Palms. Go, girl. (laughs) Uh, She arches her back, (laughs) falls on all fours, and suddenly, where Amanda Adolphus stood, 
there is a ferocious wolf standing about six feet high and it's lunging against the chain. It's lunging at you. It's lunging at Arlo. It's lunging at Madame de Rigueur. The necropunks are scattering to the four winds. They were still here. (laughs) And they run out the door. But you guys are trapped in here with this horrifying beast and the chain doesn't look like it's going to last very long. Uh, So you have me a second. Throw us that gun and we'll put the necklace on the wife. I... Perhaps this can work to my advantage. You're going to stay here, because if you move any further away from that wolf, you'll be shot. Well, if we get shot, and that means we are not living meat, what do you think the wolf will go for? Any kind of meat it can get. I've seen it before. And yes. That's you. What's that? So that's you, buddy. Yeah, but I, I've got the gun, and you know the old joke about the bear? I don't have to outrun you. Wait, hold on, just a second. I don't have to... Hold on, wait a minute. It's a high-pressure situation. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. And Madame Derriger comes down the stairs and says, Of course, it'll be a little bit more blood than we planned having. You see, she can't remember anything like this. So if there's a bunch of our blood scattered around when she comes to, she'll think, She killed us. And off into the night we'll go with all my husband's money. And if your blood is scattered around, well... That's just the more guilt for her to live with and not our problem. Well, I guess it's quite foresight of you to pre-dig these graves. Indeed. The, you can hear the chain straining about to break. What do you guys do? With my cane, mm-hmm. I want to see if I can break one of these tombstones. Like, give it a nice shot and see if I can break it in half. Oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, go for it. Okay, so I'm a swordsman. What I roll? Uh, I'm gonna give you two for that because you do have swordsman-like powers. Yes. Let's get those other ones out of there. Two yes buts. Interesting. Okay, so that is magical. Uh, well, I have a theory, and I want to see if it pays off. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happens: the cane in your hand suddenly begins to glow white, and it's almost as if. A hilt forms around it, and an edge seems to take to the otherwise dull side of it made of pure white light, and you slice through the nearest headstone, but it's still a blunt strike, and so stone shrapnel flies out, and it hits everyone involved. It hits Sassy, it hits Abe, but it also hits Arlo Adolphus, and it knocks the gun flying from his hand right into the vicinity of the wolf, who makes one more lunge and breaks the chain. And now the wolf is moving towards all of you, but Arlo is also backing up. Fun. All right. Um, I'm going to... Um, I would like to shoot a sleep dart at the werewolf. At the werewolf? All right, go I for it. I don't know if it'll work <laughs> on a werewolf. But it might. Who I knows? I think Sassy would know anyway. Um, so do I get my cat-like reflexes for this? I don't think you do since it's just a gun. Wow. Uh, I don't have a gun. I have to dart. Oh, yeah. It's just a dart. Well, it's just a dart. No dice. No. (laughs) Cats shoot darts all the time. Cats. (laughs) I get... I I believe you. I can't see it. That's a yes. It's a yes. The dart flies past Arlo Adolphus' head, and as the wolf lunges at him, it catches the wolf in midair into the neck. The wolf lands on Arlo, shocked. It pins him down. It's about to maul him, but suddenly it becomes woozy and begins moving back and forth, rocking like a boat on the ocean. And then it tumbles to its side. Arlo is still pinned under it, its giant bulk, and he's screaming for help as the air is crushed out of his lungs. Madame Derriger comes running down the stairs, her taser crackling in her hand, and she's running right at Abe. Abe goes over and grabs a gun. He's already on the ground, so he could go over and grab the gun real quick. All right. And, like, 
like points it up at her from the ground and goes, "Don't you move another second! Don't you move another second! <laughs> Everybody, chill out, what? including you, Vince. <laughs> oh, she's. Oh, I've got the gun now. Oh no! <laughs> she, stop, she stops and goes, "What? What is this voice? What? What do you mean? This is not your normal. This voice. is how I normally talk. This is what I normally sound like right here. No, you talked a little bit when you came in. That's not it. What? Is it? This is the voice that I was talking with. Well, I don't think. Don't you move another second. Well, I was in a high pressure situation. So, hey, just shut the fuck up, okay? Very well. She drops the cattle prod, and she and Arlo are silent. Uh, all right. Um, Sassy, would you like to put the necklace on the wolf? And we're just going to be taking our client with us. And okay. I think we can just leave you to whatever machinations. These two chumps. Well, I was wondering if the tombstones were part of some sort of ritual or something. A what? A ritual. Huh? You know. <laughs> Madame yeah. Derriger seems very confused. Arlo also seems confused. But it seems they're quite breakable, um, so... Well, why would tombstones not be breakable? I mean, to be fair, they were... They, they're, uh, they're not. Those are marble tombstones. What the hell just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I was what, just... What are they... What, I don't want to... I, I, I think that maybe uh, this little plot of theirs wasn't exactly our purview, if that makes sense. You want to just let them go to France or whatever the hell they were thinking about doing? Well, Ibiza. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> it's it's, it's an island off the coast of Spain. We were going to Ibiza. Yeah. So uh, they, they weren't. I mean, if, if I may, uh, please. All right. Is this werewolf out long enough for me to give a summation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The werewolf is unconscious. You have Madame Derriger covered with the pistol, and Arlo is underneath the werewolf. This is just me making a theory about what's going on here. We were assuming some sort of blood ritual was going on, but I think it's just an art piece uh, that we have stumbled onto uh, that has no sinister machinations. Their plot merely was to bring Amanda to a location of which they could somewhat control her movement and make her believe that she had turned into a werewolf and killed them both, and that's why they had been collecting their blood. Spill it everywhere. Exactly, and so that they could just run off together. There was no ritual or anything actually involved. They're just a couple of slimy con artists and adulterers. Man, just get a divorce. How dare you curse you detectives <laughs> and you would have gotten away with it had it not been for me and this dog <laughs> who is your wife <laughs> double how dare you <laughs> yeah seriously why didn't you just get a divorce uh, there's a whole money thing there involved there was the whole money thing involved fucking artist I know <laughs> but, okay this is all well and good but they did kill the artist. To be fair, yes, they did let a werewolf off that, and the problem is difficulty of proving that in court when the murder weapon was a werewolf. Was the murder weapon a werewolf? Yes, it was a werewolf in the bedroom. Mm. Okay. Wow. With their own teeth? With their own teeth. All right, well, I'm going to put this necklace back on her then. Yes. As you slide the necklace around the wolf's snout and up over its ears, slowly the hair begins to recede and the flesh and bones start to rescind back into a human form and you just have a woman lying there with a dart stuck in her neck. And while I ha- after that, I'm going to kick Arlo. Oh, <laughs> oh why? Stupid. Dumb. <laughs> oh, you're all in on Thank it now. Thank you. <laughs> 
So the question is, what are you going to do with them? I mean, we could call Detective Samson and at least let them know uh, about the murder. I mean, the pulling out of blood seems suspicious enough, and we do have a missing person. It'd be hard to prove murder without the corpus delecti, as mentioned earlier a in this adventure. Corpse. No, it, you need a body to prove murder. Vince is a cannibal. Uh, <laughs> a corpse is not delicious honey whiskey. Uh, Very well. Uh, so, what do you want to do? Do you want to call Detective Lucas, or do you want to... I say we call Lucas, who we still own for the music box. Let's anyway. bring him in, and yeah. at the very least, he can decide what to do. All right. He knows that there's magical stuff going on. Maybe he doesn't know details. But yeah. All if, right. If there is a case, it's his. Yeah. So you make a call to Detective Lucas. About 15 minutes later, Detective Lucas shows up. Uh, you explain the situation to him, and he says, that's all right. I think we can find a way to make this work. Did we tell did, did we tell Lucas about like straight up werewolf and like those kind of details? I think Detective Lucas knows that things go on and you have taken care of enough problems for him that he can make this work. As he did earlier, I think there is we specifically do not let him know details. Because as a police officer, he would have to testify to what we told him, and he'd look crazy. Gotcha. Uh, so we, we specifically don't say things. We just say that he had murdered by animal, you know, and mm-hmm. et cetera. And so we have to purposefully keep him in the dark. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, well, it's like, well, detective. Uh, There's an unspoken understanding. Yeah. It's like, so Vince, uh, what happened? Well... And then I give him the summation of a very normal pair of cheaters murdering somebody and trying to frame someone else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just so happens they used a wolf because this woman's a little crazy and thinks she's a werewolf. When we came to help her, we opened a door. The wolf ran away, as they are tend to do. As they do. It's a wild animal. Classic city wolf. That does mean that there is a wolf loose in Chicago. Well, Which we have to go take care of. Yes. Oh, yeah, we do. You know our job, you know, side gigs. That's what happens when you're always moonlighting. And wow. I... <laughs> All right, that's it. <laughs> and everybody turns to the camera, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> you guys step outside of the gallery knowing full well Detective Lucas will make it work, but you know you have that appointment with Edward Kelly at the Opera House, and you've even promised John D. he might get a look at the necklace, and even though John D.'s not as threatening, he's still pretty powerful, and you don't know if you'd want to disappoint him either. I do think that uh, Tina deserves a foo point for the knife, and that CJ deserves a foo point for breaking the tombstone. Absolutely, that works for me. We have the fake, which I mean, they're powerful. I think we have to give both of them. I'm sorry. I think we have to give both of them, dear John, letters. I will deliver in person a message. It would be a dear John, Edward, Kelly, Edward. Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to take a point away from. Dear John is an antiquated term at which you are sending a letter to somebody to break up with them. Oh, a Nicholas Sparks. Yeah, book. exactly. There you go. <laughs> yes, you send them a Nicholas Sparks novel to let them. Know I will you're breaking read up with them. Kelly a Nicholas Sparks novel, and we will unite over our shared love of unrequited love. Mm. Anyway, no, I, uh, I, I will, I, I will meet with Edward Kelly. I just need to make a quick stop at the office first. 
Uh, if would you be willing to give the bad news to John D? Uh, I can. I, yeah, it seemed like we had a decent relationship. Uh, I could see if we could talk about maybe getting him something else. Maybe he'd want the mu- music box. I don't know. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to hold on to that music box. So okay. Uh, I'm gonna take a nap. Uh, 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 what? We we need somebody <laughs> to take our client home and collect oh. our payment. Yes. Ah, very good. All right. So we'll follow Sassy first as she drives Amanda Adolphus home. She lives in Old Town, not terribly far from the artist's house. She seems incredibly woozy as she comes to, and the dart is still in her neck. She, like, reaches up to finger it. Oh, what? Oh, I got it. I just would yank it out. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I need that for later. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you reuse darts? Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> very unsanitary. Oh, what happened? Oh boy. Um, okay, girl. <laughs> uh, get ready. We're gonna stop to pick up some ice cream on the way because, um, well, your husband was cheating on you with that lady, Madam oh, Derricker. I know. You did? I knew the whole time. Oh, I'm sorry. That's yeah. tough. It's yeah. Hard when you care about someone, and well, at least, at least, I've got my necklace back. And oh, that's right. How much do I owe you? Oh, um, well, our policy is usually how much it's worth to you, um, but seeing as um, how you've been through so much, mm-hmm. I think just a, a, a modest $50,000. Oh, I... Whatever you think is fair. Okay, uh, let's see. Go ahead and roll for that. We're going to get you silver tongue. Silver tongue. So let's get, let's get some of these out. Let's see if you get Just 50. Th- uh, no, you get two because you're silver tongue. Let's see if you get $50,000 from her. I do oh. not. No. <laughs> no but? Oh, no but. Interesting. She misheard you. <laughs> agreed to your. 15, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, $15,000? I guess that's reasonable. Oh, if you think that. I mean, we. I also take tips, but that's, you know, whatever you think is fair, as I said. Uh, she pulls out a checkbook and quickly scrawls $15,000, Melody Investigations. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we... Cut back over to Abe. Abe, what was your mission? Uh, Abe was going to talk with John D. Mm -hmm. You arrive at the manhole cover in the middle of the cemetery. It pops open for you readily as though it's excited to see you. Oh, boy. It's going to be hard breaking it to him. Oh, man, Abe, you're going you're gonna to really break it to him bad this time. And you're talking to yourself like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, boy. And Abe climbs down into the manhole. You reach... You return to that little teapot-looking room with the books curving up above your head. John D. is still there in his bathrobe, and those little mechanical arms that had been writing scrolls earlier have now uh, had their magnifying glasses replaced by a toothbrush and a comb, and he's standing in front of them, having his hair combed and his toothbrush like he's in a magical version of the Jetsons. Ah, Abe! How are you? Welcome back. I'm very excited to see this necklace. <laughs> yeah, John, I, I really hate to tell you this, but we did not end up getting the necklace. <clears throat> what? You failed? It's just out the... Oh, it's... Does Edward have it? That rapscallion Edward with it? does not have it. Oh, thank God. Well, uh, but we did not end up getting it. Oh, that's a real sad story. Yeah. So I'm really sorry. But, you know, 
you've been a pretty cool dude. Yes, I tend to think I'm a fairly cool dude. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so I was just wondering, is there anything you need? Is there anything like... Anything I need, anything I need. Mm. Anything that we can do? I, it seems like you spend a lot of time down here. You probably don't get up company. on the surface world or company a very much. A lot of much. company. Well, maybe if you would come by every now and then and keep me company in my solitude, read with me and... You know, play board games. 100%, John. That sounds so great. I would love to do that kind of stuff. Sounds good. I've even got a friend, friend Libby. Uh, she's pretty great. Oh, Maybe we she... invite her along as well. Oh, you... Well, is she an alchemist or a magic user? Uh, she's a library owner. Or okay. Not a library. She's well, a used bookstore owner, but... Sure, sure. Let's yeah. not invite her down into my magical teapot house okay, in, that's in a graveyard. <laughs> okay. I'm excited to have you. <laughs> okay, sounds great. And I, I mean, I feel like I've read your book before, you know, and I, it's something I've kind of moved on past at this point in time. Tell me I'm your sure favorite you passage. My favorite passage yes. is the one where you talk about the uh-huh. uses for a bat's wing. You know what I'm talking about? Roll to convince. I have read it though. <laughs> yeah, you said that last time. All right. I can see Abe though confusing it for a different book. That yeah, you might be confusing it with like Macbeth. So <laughs> I want you to uh, uh, just. I am book smart. Uh, I love the part where you compete in those Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> I you am were book really smart. a girl on fire. <laughs> yeah, go for two. Great. That is a yes, but that is a yes, but he goes. Oh, that's right. The Batwing recipe. I haven't made that in a while. Make it with me. Okay. <laughs> and we cut over to Vince. <laughs> uh, Vince is dressed too nice for the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Because if, you, if, if you've ever been to those events, it's, you know, somewhat semi-formal wear, but it's not people in, like, tuxedos, which is what he is wearing. Because Vince is always just one step above where he is going. <laughs> uh, so he, and he goes up to uh, Kelly's box, I assume... Box 13. Yes, thank you. Uh, I assume his his lackeys are outside? Yes, Purvis and Wade are standing outside. Oh, the boss has been waiting for you. He can't wait to see the present you brought him. Ah, uh, of course. And I indicate that I have like a cardboard box with it, with something inside. It's That's pretty big. <laughs> well, yes, of course. It's the only cardboard box I have. I haven't moved recently. All right. Well, let me open it up. Uh, this is only for your boss. Hmm. They're pretty suspicious. Go ahead and make a roll for deception. I guess it's just... The only thing I could possibly think is I'm beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a very attractive man. I don't know if that sways Purvis and Wade. That's a four. That's a yes. yes. I go, all right, some of that stuff he likes to keep to himself. Go on in. All right. And so I walk in. I sit down. Oh, I don't know if you do because when you open up box 13, instead of the balcony to the orchestra, you find a long stone corridor. Oh, wonderful. I was hoping to hear some music. It kind of walks down. Pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. There are torches and brackets burning. At the end, there's a big iron door. You reach it, and it swings open of its own accord. You find another sort of dome circular room. However, this one, the books are a little more gritty and old, and they seem bound with chains and iron instead of the comfortable, uh, friendly-looking books of John Dee's apartment. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, Edward Kelly sits on a stern wooden chair glaring at you, and he holds out his hoary hand, and he goes, Well, do you have it? Yes, see about that. Um, You don't know me. I don't know you. 
but I know you a little bit better now. Mm. You're a capable magical user. The time-stopping trick, quite interesting. The door slams behind you. Uh, this spooky, spooky room. <laughs> <laughs> Aesthetics, beautiful. I love it. Classic. I did a film in a location much like this. It gets musty. Watch out for that. Um, I've and, had this room for 300 years. Uh, and from the looks of your decor, it shows. And he, uh, I open up the uh, cardboard box, and I take out the music box. What um, is this? I put my hand on the key, and I say, uh, are you familiar with this particular demon? Uh, It'd make quite a mess of this beautiful room you have. Really? Is this a threat? No, this is just to make sure we have a complete conversation. Hmm. Very well. I seem to recognize that music box. I've used it myself a couple of times. Well? I think I left it in Russia last time I saw it. Congratulations. Sometime in October. Congratulations. You can have it back. And that is all I'm going to give to you this evening. Because you came to us, not with a quest, not with a payment... Not even with a friendly greeting, but with a closed fist. If you had come with an open hand, we'd be glad to help you in the future. But I do not respond to threats. He's a, he's looking anxiously at the music box. He's trying to cover it up, but he does not like how tense on the key your hand is. And if you think about using that time-stopping magic right now, I have to warn you, your spell will not work on me. Uh, he, his eyes, when you say time-stopping magic, his eyes flit over to a book on his shelf almost unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, I very well could use my powers right now, but I like your moxie. <laughs> In fact, I think perhaps I'd like to put you on retainer. Wonderful. I take hand slightly away enough to go into my suit. Mm-hmm. Take out my card and put it on top of the music ba- box. All right. Uh, he stands up and he uh, says, very well, I think we have an understanding. And he starts moving slowly towards the part of the bookshelf that he was glancing at just a moment ago. Oh, just real fast. I wouldn't go any closer in that direction. Very well. He stops. He, he knows he's been had. And he goes, get out of here. Gladly. I will back out of this door and I will leave this box right here in the stand. As I said, I would like to give you some sort of olive branch and a demon in a music box seems as good as anything. Cards on top of it if you ever come and actually want to hire us. You had better hope our paths don't cross again. Is that a threat? Yes. And with that, the hall seems to uh, shrink and the door that you came in just slams right up against your back. It opens, and you are basically tumbled out back into the opera, and Purvis and Wade are gone. Well, I guess I was able to sneak in without a ticket. Might as well enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, who's that guy? Did you pay to get no, in here? No, I'm sorry. I'm leaving. Usher's <laughs> <laughs> chase Ben's out. You return to the Melody Investigations. Everyone's looking tired but happy. Your mission's relatively accomplished. Honestly, Sassy, I really think you would like some of this batwing soup. It's so good. Mm, just start, like... Pawing at the floating bat wings. Don't touch it if you're not going to eat it. <laughs> uh, I would like to give a point to each of my colleagues for the way they handled their negotiation, especially Sassy for getting his $15,000. <laughs> Just going to, I mean, I'd, we'll see if she tells us about it, but. Would like to give one to Vincent for that uh, very smart and clever move of with the music box. Yeah. And how's that soup, babe? <laughs> Soup's great. <laughs> 
I just like uh, take one of the bat wings and swatted it until it goes under the couch where it will never yeah, be seen yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vince and Abe turn to look at Sassy, who is nervously fingering the checkbook or the check in her pocket. So, how did your drop off of the client go? Pretty chill. We hung out for a little bit, watched um, Waiting to Exhale, and I got this check for us. Oh, my goodness. This is... Ah, Frank! She did say that I get 5000 for spending all that time with her. Well, of course, we're all equal partners. We each get 5000 Oh, that is math. As you guys... <laughs> <laughs> As you guys are saying, you this. honest, wonderful person. You. <laughs> An invisible hand grabs the check out of Vince's hand, picks up a bill off of the desk, folds it up, puts it in an envelope, slaps a stamp on it, and walks out the door. Wait, we had a bill for fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> also, we still have to we have to put that in our account and then write another. You can't just send that check to someone. Wait, did Frank, just Frank say Frank, yes? Frank, don't you don't you walk out of here? We have to talk about how financial transactions go. He just said yes. <laughs> he can talk. Frank, you've been you, lying to us. Have you been able to talk this entire time? Do you both speak English and not understand basic office finance? <laughs> uh, Frank comes back, and if you could, if you could see his face, it would look very contrite and embarrassed. He puts the check back on the table, but he does show you a stack of bills that would eat up. I would say probably. More than half of that fifteen thousand dollars. We will we use what remains. We will split up amongst the rest of us if that is fair. I guess. Sure. All right. Well, uh, and Frank, in his heart of hearts, is wondering why they don't decide to split it four ways. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. (laughs) Very nice. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. Your review helps other people find our show. Sassy is played by Tina Arfay. You can see Tina in Matt Damon Improv at the Annoyance Theater, or find her on Twitter at TinaHasTweets. Vincent is played by CJ Tour. CJ is a writer for Jackbox Games and a performer with Second City Theatricals. You can catch him in Hitch Cocktails at the Annoyance, and on Twitter at CJ Tour. Abe was played by Nathan Kaplan. Check out his work at NathanKaplan.com or on Twitter at Nathan Kaplan. Everyone else was played by me, James Harvey Freely. You can find me on Twitter at SlouchyTheLion. This work is based on Foo, the freeform universal RPG, found at http colon forward slash forward slash NathanRussell.net slash Foo by Nathan Russell and licensed for our use under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. This episode was recorded at the I.O. Theater, The I.O. Theater is home to Chicago's best improv comedy with shows seven nights a week. They offer classes in improv, writing, and more. Visit ioimprov.com for a full schedule. Our music was created by John Monteverde. You can find his work at www.johnmonteverde.com. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.